high school kids graduates. Amen. Let's stay in church. Praise the Lord. So many go in their own direction. Well, God's been good to us. Amen. Took care of our every need. Just give me straight directions on this mic this morning. What I need to look for when it quit flashing. Good to have Miss Betty with us, praise God. Glad Roger finally got up off the ladder, got back to church. I believe uh, I believe Oscar and Linda's been sick. Amen. Miss Murray there uh, had a little backlash, but Henry had no sleep. But they come on to church, and I praise the Lord for that. Love you, appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. God knows. I ain't complaining, but old age gets tough. Amen. Yeah, it's uh, that's part of that overcoming that I didn't stand, understand when I was a young Christian. If it wasn't for Matthew and Andy, there wouldn't be nobody on the front row. So I may have to preach in the back of the church today. <laughs> Matthew 3. No, Luke 3. What am I talking about? Luke 3, I was looking at references. We'll start about the second verse in Luke 3. Message God laid on my heart is what shall we do? What, what are we going to do? What, what shall we do? Second verse in the third chapter of Luke. Ananias and Caiaphas being the high priest, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came unto all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptizing, baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. I thought in the wilderness, you know, Seemed like we're caught up in people every direction uh, we turn. And sometimes there's so many rackets and so much going on, so much commotion that we can't even hear from God what God is trying to say to us. And I know uh, in my house sometimes, yesterday is one of them days, there's so much noise, commotion, and so many things going on that it's hard to get into the Word and see what God, amen, has got in store for us. And I don't know what about you all, but I, I can't do but one thing at a time. Amen, I never could uh, do two or three things at once. So I get out of, out of sorts, but I thought John was in a place that he could really hear what God had to say to him. He was in the wilderness there, and he said, and he came unto all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. And I thought about in the wilderness, there wasn't uh, many people. It's a dry desert land. But he said he come in to the region about Jordan, amen. And back then, uh, when there was a river or there was water, there was always people because it wasn't in abundance supply. It wasn't uh, just water every place you went to or every tent you went to. So he went to the uh, the the, uh, the, the places of Jordan where there was water. Amen. And he began to preach repentance. Repentance. Amen. Let me read that again. 
And he came into all the country about Jordan preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. I thought about he didn't have no way. He didn't have cell phone or he didn't have uh, no way to announce. I'm going to be down there by the river. Amen. I'm going to be down there by the river preaching repentance. And he said he was there in around Jordan. Amen. So somebody had to tell somebody that there was a preacher down there. And they had to be. Good to see you, girl. Amen. It's good to have somebody announce a revival. I know we got social media. We got our little cards that we pass out for Bible school. We've got all this to announce. But I thought about when I was in uh, Cuba, my first trip down in the southeastern part, and I thought, how in the world do these people get word that we're going to have a service, that we're going to be preaching? And sometimes it'd be a little church with no no windows, a dirt floor, and the church built about that high off a dirt floor so the water could run out. Amen. But somebody got out the word. Today, we're depending on social media. We're depending on TV. We're depending on this. And we're depending on that. How to get the word out. And if we ain't careful, we're not spreading the gospel. Amen. I might be where there ain't nobody but me and them. Amen. And I need to spread the gospel. We may be leaving our work to somebody else to do the job. Honey, John went down. He come out of the wilderness. That's where he heard of the word of God from God. Amen. And he went down in the surrounding country of Jordan and he began to preach. I believe he stepped out by faith and said in his heart, God gave me a message and God will have somebody there to listen. God will have somebody there that will hear of the word of God. I thought I was talking uh, this morning, uh, uh, glory to God. There's a group of people uh, that come sometimes to church. Always a group of people uh, comes to a, a funeral or a gathering or a singing, honey, but they don't want to hear the word of God. Amen. They want a little form of godliness and deny the power thereof. I'm going to tell you the saving grace of God. Old-fashioned repentance will separate you from the world. It'll separate you uh, from sin. It'll make you uh, tell people don't, don't want you around them. And we need to get used to that today. And he said, and he came unto the country around about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. And he said in the fourth verse, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah or Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his Straight. This is found in Isaiah 40. Let me turn to Isaiah 40. Amen. And read a little bit of what Isaiah. This is 700 and some years before John the Baptist. We think we're serving a God that don't know what we're doing or a God that don't know what we need. Some 700 years before, he prophesied in Isaiah that there'd be one coming out of the wilderness. He didn't prophesy his name, but he prophesied there would be one coming out of the wilderness. And in the 40th chapter of Isaiah, he said, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way 
of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The desert and the wilderness are similar uh, to the same place. It's a dry place. Uh, it's a place not inhabited. Uh, it's a place, amen, where people uh, don't know God. But he said, prepare, prepare, prepare uh, the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. What that's telling me uh, today to go in to the dry places, uh, uh, step into a bar now and then, uh, step into a place uh, where there ain't in a dry place, where there ain't no gospel priest in a desert place. And he said, and there'll be one hollering, prepare you. He said he'd cry out. I thought, man, I miss my voice. I wished I could cry out. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight in the wilderness, in a desert place. Glory to God. Make the path straight ahead of God. John was the forerunner of Jesus Christ and he told him in the desert prepare prepare make a way make the way straight in the desert in a place where the gospel ain't been preached where Jesus ain't walked maybe where no man has preached the gospel he said make the way straight not crooked but make the way straight don't go out and tell them a lie and tell them everything is alright but make the path straight I believe from the depths of our, my heart that we as children of God have taken too much for granted I believe we need to make the path straight wherever we're at I believe we need to let, let them know about Jesus wherever we're at. Uh, we worry too much about friendship. Uh, we worry too much about who we're going to aggravate or who we're going to uh, make mad. But neighbor, if I don't get under your skin, I ain't done you no good. And he said, every valley shall be exalted. The valley shall be exalted. Glory to God. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. And he said, every mountain and hill shall be made low. This is in Isaiah 40. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough place plain. Amen. What that says to me is, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. What that's telling me of the word of God, if we preach, prepare ye the way of the Lord. God will exalt the valley, the low places, and the mountains that are so high, and the hills. God will bring them down. And what the Bible said, and it will be plain. It'll be level at the foot of the cross. Can I tell you, 700 years before John, Isaiah was preaching, amen, there's one coming to prepare the way of the Lord. What that's telling me, they know going to be no big eyes and little use. I thought in our churches today, we got too many heroes that think they've done, got it figured out, and they are King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That we know so much about God, and we're doing so good that we don't need anybody else. Can I tell you something? When we begin to search our soul, to search our soul for tonight's communion service. Honey, the ground is level. I ain't no bigger than you, and you ain't no bigger than me. You're no 
smarter than me and I'm no smarter than you. I'm going to tell you what's happened in our churches. There's come a separation. Glory to God, the Bible said. To have a friend, we got to show ourselves friendly. He also said, there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I found out, glory, glory to God. I've been on a pedestal a time or two when God blessed me above measure and the flesh couldn't handle it. But neighbor, it's rough. Hey, Roger, it's rough when you fall off the ladder and come back to the level ground and realize you're just a child of God. Maybe called out for a different calling. But we're just children of God. That blesses my heart, Lord, to God. When I can look and the president is no better than me. The teacher of the gospel is no better than me. The one that is teaching in the Bible school is no better than me. I need to use what God has given me. Amen. And make the path straight. The Bible said, make the path straight. He left it up to John to come out of the wizard, the wilderness, the desert place, and to make the path straight. Can I tell you something? This is a message from God. God lifted up to you. you. He left you the holy word of God, and he lifted up to you to make the path straight, to walk in a straight path. You don't have to go crooked. You don't have to fall by the wayside. You don't have to be beat down by nobody. God left it up to you and I to make the past straight. God wrote 66 books, inspired men to write down the Word of God, and he turned it over to me. I can go by it or I can leave our pages. I can leave our pages. Pieces I don't like. Pieces that changes my life. But if I'll take the whole word and make the path straight, the hand of God will be on me. The hand of God will take care of me. Oh, I appreciate the writing of Isaiah. One more verse in Isaiah. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Can I tell you when the glory of the Lord is revealed? When the word is preached straight. I've laid in my bed several nights lately. And I've thought about Mount Vernon Church. And I can see how we've been rocked to sleep. But Mount Vernon Church has had something that every church ain't got. I ain't bragging on nobody. It's God. And if we're going to keep it, we're going to have to toe the mark. We're going to have to get in the straight path. We're going to have to decide the word is right. Sin ain't going to enter in. Again, there ain't no big eyes and little you. We've got to stay in the straight path. The Bible said in Matthew, a narrow path. And he said, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Can I tell you something? He said, all flesh will see it. Not part of the flesh, but all flesh shall see it. Amen. And we're seeing it in the Word of God. I'm seeing every day of the work of God. I'm seeing every day where he said in Thessalonians, he said, except there come a falling away, there be no need for me to come back. I can see every day how the Antichrist, the false prophets, are setting up, are getting ready to take over and think and call themselves God and say the throne and say that they are God. I can see mankind exalted. I, th I thought about uh, too many times in our schooling and our, our education 
and the things that we learn. If we're not careful, neighbor, we get far above what God wants us to be. I thought about psychology, and as far as I know, it used to be psychology was one of the classes that you had to take to do almost any other class in school. So we go through psychology. Psychology teaches us that you don't have to answer to nobody. Psychology teaches us that you're just a a little bit above everybody else. I'm going to tell you something. Honey, glory to God. The Bible teaches me to be humble at the foot of the cross. I'm going to tell you something. I've watched it over the years, and I've seen it in my own life. Honey, I had to pray for a light bill because I didn't have the money. I had to pray to, for, the, for God's healing because I didn't have insurance. And I've seen as we've got just a little a better insurance and a dollar in our pocket, we forget to go to God. I've seen that too many houses and too many cars and too many things will take our heart away from God. I remember a man, and this is getting off, amen, but I remember a man named Solomon, amen, and he lived his strange wives. He led his strange wives. His knowledge didn't get him. His understanding didn't get him. But he ended up with so many wives and so many concubines. And he got to trying to satisfy the wives and the concubines and the police people. And he got his eyes. The Bible said it took his heart away from God, took his mind away from God. In America today, I've been near 80 almost 82 years, neighbor, and I've seen things that takes our mind away from God. There's too many pleasures. There's too many plate birdies. There's too much communication, and we've lost communication with God. Three or four minutes at an altar of prayer, you just barely hear three. Three pray. Amen. Our kids won't even stay at the altar till everybody else gets done. How disrespectful. Preachy Bill. Old folks, unless your legs is hurting so bad, you can't stand it or you have a call for nature. Stay at the altar till everybody gets done. Amen. We need some respect back in the house of God. Amen. And it'll do you good. I read on my cell phone and I love it. But I'm going to tell you something. It'll do you good to go back to the book. It's different in the book. I've read it on cell phone, whatever it is. And I've read it in the book. It's different in the book. Oh, you're just an old fogey. Preacher, you're just an old fogey. You're just an old fogey. Amen. Help me there, being glory to God. And he said, he said in the Word of God, fifth verse, fifth verse of back in Luke. I'm going to give you exactly what it said in Isaiah. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough shall be made smooth. I believe Isaiah said plain. In Luke, it said smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Butch's favorite scripture, Titus, says, The grace of God that bringeth salvation shall appear unto all men, teaching us to deny the ungodly and worldly lust. We should live soberly and righteously in this present world. And he said here, All flesh shall see the salvation of God. I want to get this across if I don't get nothing else. There's people don't see Jesus today. They saw him when this was written down. Luke saw him, but they don't see it today. How they see Jesus is in Andy's life, in Shannon's life, in, what's your name? She's still a net. In her life. 
Where do they see Jesus in my life when I'm pitching a fit or when I'm telling lies or when I'm cheating somebody or when I'm telling the waitress what a sorry job she's doing. She didn't cook. I see more of that every day. I'm the word that people's reading. If they want happiness, do they want what Bill's got? Or do they go to the ball game and shout? Larry said, Larry confessed, he's louder at the ball game than he is in church. I've been louder. I ain't been to a car race in years. But I've been louder at a car race than I have in church. Amen. It makes me mad I can't be louder now. Turn the volume up, brother. Amen. Glory to God. We need to be crying loud. That's what John the Baptist came into the wilderness. I wondered, I don't know this, but I wondered when he come out of the wilderness or the desert place, I wonder if there was even anybody there when he started crying loud. I, 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 the Bible don't say, but it don't say there's a crowd either. But when he come out of there, I wonder if he was saying, I am the forerunner of Jesus. I wonder if he was crying loud. Maybe somebody was in the bush or somebody in the valley might hear him. He stepped out by faith. Today, us preachers ain't stepping out by faith. We're stepping out by sight. Amen. We need to step out by faith and count on God getting the job done. Count on God and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. I ain't talking about religion. The salvation of God is what Shannon said. 25 years, glory to God, in the house of God, off of marijuana, off of alcohol, 20-some years, Bill, that's salvation, man, in the house of God, off of alcohol, that he drank every day. That's heartfelt salvation. Our language that we used to hear is salvation when I quit it. And people see, glory to God, that I don't lay out of church because Grandma come. I don't lay out of church because I got an uncle coming from West Virginia. That's salvation. I'm going to tell you, amen, what John was preaching when he come out of the wilderness was salvation that everybody, all people could see. Amen. And he said, seventh verse, then said he to the multitude, that came forth to be baptized. You know, I don't know the length of time, but I believe he started out by himself because he wasn't preaching where there was a lot of big houses and big town, and he come out of that wilderness preaching. Amen. And then a multitude, and this one said, there's revival down here. And these, y'all know what I'm talking about. There's revival down here. John's a preaching repentance. And he said, there, therefore, the multitude came forth to be baptized of him. They come out of the hills and the hollers from every direction. And look what John said to them. I wonder if John was alone other than Jesus. I wonder if he had any kinfolks. I'm sure he didn't have no deacons. I wonder if he wasn't really bold, stepping out by faith. And he said in the seventh verse, Oh, generation of vipers, snakes, that's what he's calling them. He looked out to a group that he didn't even know. And he said, Oh, generation of vipers, who hath warned you? to flee from the wrath to come. 
He's asking them a question. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Where did you hear? Where did you hear of the word? Hey, you don't just run down near the creek and be baptized. That ain't how it works. You need to be born again. You need to repent of your sin. You need heartfelt salvation before you go to the creek. He said in the eighth verse, let's look what he said. Bring forth, you know, there's a group. And one of my best buddies uh, in school and growing up, we dated together and he moved off to, I forgot, Washington, Maryland, maybe Maryland. He come back and I just had got saved. So he was somewhere around 68, 69. And he come to my house. He was all thrilled. He didn't know I'd got saved. Hadn't seen me in a while. And he come back. And he had a whole bunch of literature of Church of Christ. I told him, I said, you just got in. The Welsh Brannock. Welsh Brannock, so it was and his cousin maybe. I said, but I have been baptized. I got saved. I'm in a church. And he gave me some of the literature. And I said, I don't need it. There's some false doctrine going around. And people are getting false doctrine and pushing it heavily. These that are pushing heavily don't have the real doctrine. You watch what I'm saying. I remember standing in a in a yard in Romania, and a man, I was trying to put up a, a skid for a, a little play for kids in Romania for the next evening. Amen. And they come down the road. Seventh day Adventist. And he pushed in heavily on me. They're not bashful. They'll walk the streets. I'm going to tell you, we won't tell somebody sitting over a cup of coffee in a cafe about Jesus. But these false doctrines are going. Y'all may not like me for that, but that's all right. Amen. If you're carrying the NIV Bible, you need to junk it and get you a real Bible. Amen. They're pushing it from one end to the other. They're doing it in every direction to do away with Christ. I thought in still a few places the Gideons can place a Bible here and yonder. But you think about, I, re, I remember a fellow in our community uh, in, in a motel room, and he read the, the Bible, the Gideon Bible, in the motel room and got saved. So it's good that that Bible is laying there. It's good the real Bible is laying in a doctor's office. I don't know if you all have noticed, but they're going away in the doctor's office. They ain't laying like they used to. It does me good when I'm waiting on a doctor's appointment to pick up the Bible and read a few verses that I ain't got everything marked. Does me good. Does me good. And he said, bring forth this multitude that come, and he called them vipers. He said, bring forth therefore fruit worthy of repentance. Bring forth fruit worthy of broken heart and a contrite spirit. I don't know, but I can see through the eyes of faith this multitude, and there wasn't much going on there. And this multitude heard a man preaching about something, repentance, preaching about Jesus. They'd never read the Word of God. They didn't understand what this was, and there's something new coming through the wilderness, coming down through uh, the desert place. And then they, uh, they'd run down, and they see them being baptized. I've watched this. Honey, when one young'un moves, another young'un might move. And then another young'un might move. Amen. And they might not all get it because one moved, because another moved. What John the Baptist said, bring forth fruit. Bring forth, therefore, fruit worthy of repentance. 
and begin not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham for our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Let me give you what I got out of that. Amen. I can invite somebody to church. They can say, I go to church. What are you saying to them there? Don't tell me that Abraham is your father. Bring forth fruit. Meet for repentance. Bring forth fruit. Amen. They didn't know Abraham. They'd read about Abraham and heard that he was their father, Father Abraham. Amen. So they were playing on that. I asked some Sunday, Terry, you know, I invited them. And they said, oh, we go. Where? Where do we go? We go here and we go yonder. You go ask a pastor. I ain't seen them in a year or two. They used to come. Amen. So we've all got an answer. That's what John's telling them. He said, don't come down here and tell me that you got Father Abraham. Bring, some, bring forth some fruit, meat for repentance. Show me you want heartfelt salvation. Show me you want to join a church. You want to walk over sickness, trials, hardships, troubles. Amen. To serve me. Show me. What did our preacher preach? The first night, it implanted in my heart and seated off the rest of the revival. Show me a miracle. Ain't that what he said in Genesis? Pharaoh said, show me a miracle. Can I tell you what the world is wanting? They want you to show them a miracle. Show them you are a heartfelt salvation child of God. You can be knocked down and you'll get back up. You can be hurt, you'll get back up. You can be talked about and you'll get back up. Jesus said, on the cross, forgive them. They don't know what to do. God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. I believe today, I've watched it, that we're picking up somebody else's testimony, not our own. We're trying to preach somebody else's message, not what God gave us. We're trying to live somebody else's life. Know what God gave us. Neighbor, my heart's desire ain't to be like no pastor. There's been some great pastors. But my heart's desire ain't to be a pastor like these other pastors. God called me. God saved me like I am. Like I am. Too many, we want a pattern ourself. Sing like God gave it to you. Pray like God gave it to you. Shout like God gave it to you. Hallelujah. And now also, it's getting interesting, church. Plain scripture, just plain old scripture. And now also, the axe is laid unto the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast unto the fire. He said the axe. This began to get some people's attention. I had Todd there yesterday and he had a tree that was had leaning to get uprooted and fallen over on his building. We hooked a tractor to it, a chain to it. When laid that old chainsaw to the root of the tree, it flopped. It ain't good no more. It'll lay there and whittle away and die. And I believe these people 
this multitude that was out there. John wasn't a pendant. I believe they began to get a picture of the axe being laid at the foot of the tree. I believe they begin to get a picture. America needs to get a picture of the gospel is being withdrawn from America. I've watched it. Preaching is being withdrawn from America. Full washing, hello, has almost stopped in America. In our community, around the foot of the mountain, almost every church, how about it, every Fisher Gap, every year wash feet, Rowing Gap, every year wash feet, Liberty, every year wash feet. You could come and sit in. Some told me you can come, but you can't take part, but that's all right. Mount Vernon, you can come and take part if you want to, if you want to. Bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. And he said in the 10th verse, and the people asked him, saying, what shall we do then? I believe fear fell on the people. This is my message. What shall we do then? These people were illiterate to the word of God. They didn't know about Jesus. Some had heard about Abraham. Some had heard about the Word of God. I'm telling us today, there's still Americans that don't know about Jesus. Amen. Some are rejecting it, but they don't know about Jesus. But these people got concerned, and they said, what shall we do then? Eleventh verse, I won't tell you what John said to them. John took just a minute to tell them. He answered and said unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And in he, hath, he that hath meat, let him do likewise. What is saying if you got two coats and your neighbor ain't got one, let him have one of them. If you got two deer hams, amen, your neighbor ain't got one. That's got harder and harder to do because everybody about it has access to a coat, clean old world coat, if nothing else. But this is what he told him to do. This, you got to realize, this was people come down to the valley of the Jordan River where there wasn't much, where there wasn't much going on, the country of the Jordan River. And he said, and he said in 12th verse, Then came also publicans. Y'all may have known this, but I didn't know this. But I was reading and studying, and I guess concordance, I don't, I don't even know. But the publicans in Rome were tax collectors. And according to Paul, Paul was a tax collector, and nobody liked the tax collector. I read on a little farther. Y'all may have known this. But in England, the publican was like a, a public house or a, a tavern, a place if you was passing through that you could be put up. You know, Jesus come, and there wasn't no room for him in the end. That reference I looked up, it said that they were, the publican was a, like an innkeeper. He was there for the public till they could have a place. So I want, to, I want us to look at this publican, that he was a tax collector. He had access to tell Henry, you've got to pay more than $2 taxes. It's going to cost you three if he wanted it. Or he could rent him a room if she was out and she was pregnant like Murray was. He could say there ain't no room in the inn or you're going to have to have an extra sheep or extra lamb 
if you stay here today. He was in that authority to the public. And I want us to look. This meant something to me. I want us to look what directions John gave him. And he said, also came publicans, that's the 12th verse, to be baptized and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? What should we do as Christians? And this is what he told the publican. And he said unto him, Exact no more than that which is appointed you. Don't take no more than what the governor has sent you out to tax people. Don't take a dollar for yourself. Come on, church, is that pretty good advice? Ain't everybody out to get an extra dollar, to sneak in a little extra 30 minutes here. If you get a 15-minute break and take 30, you've cheated a man out of 15 minutes. That's the American way, ain't it? And the soldier, church, this is good. Listen at it. He said, and the soldier likewise demanded of him, saying, and what shall we do? That's three times. He said, and what shall we do? So I believe the Lord's asking us, what shall we do? And he said unto them, I'm talking about these as men in armor. These are men with swords and shields. These are fighting men. These are men that could take your head off. And he said unto them, do violence. To no man. We've seen, and you know, there's been a lot of junk over police brutality lately. And we don't know the bottom line. But it could be awful easy to have a sword and a gun and a shield and have authority from the governor to go ahead and beat that man's head up. John told him, he said, don't do that. You know, I feel assured that maybe some of these were Roman soldiers. They had authority to take a man's head off. He said, do violence to no man, neither there, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. We are quick to jump down each other's throat. Hello? I got one amen. Could I have five amens? We're quick. Husband and wife, we're quick to jump down each other's throat. We're quick to find fault with the church. I can join every church in Surrey. Some of them wouldn't let me, but if I could join every church in Surrey County and I ain't in God's will, it ain't worth a plug nickel. Listen to what I'm saying. God's got a place for us. Let's pray that God will keep us in his place. I promised Bill I'd hurry, but let me... Hang in there, Ben. You help me. Matthew 5. Let me read it quickly. I'm in the wrong place. That ain't where I want to go. I want to go to 2 Corinthians 7. I ain't got no notes. I just got maybe I need some notes. But I just jot down the scripture I want to read. Second Corinthians seven. Verse 
jump, I'm going to hurry in the fifth verse. For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, for we were troubled on every side, within and without, were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God, that comforteth those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not by the coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you when he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward men, so that I rejoice the more. For though I made you sorrow with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent, for I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were but for a season. The letter he wrote to them made them sorry, but the message sometimes makes us sorry, but it'll help us. For godly sorrow, 10th verse, <clears throat> for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. That's what, <coughs> that's what. John was talking about over there, bring forth a fruit, meat for repentance. Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be retented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold, this selfsame thing that ye sought after, a godly sort, with carefulness, yea, wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourself clearing we need to be cleared of ourself yea what indignation that's anger aroused up in us over false doctrine and this type thing yea what fear yea what, what vehement or, or uh, outstanding desire yea what zeal yea what re revenge in all things ye have approved yourself to be clear in this matter. So this is some of the fruit that John was talking about. Amen. That they need to bring forth fruit for repentance. Let me read Luke 7 and 30. And the Pharisees let me read 29. And all the people that heard him and the publicans just, justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves being not baptized. They rejected the counsel of God. I don't know what about you all, but that scares me when I hear of somebody rejecting the counsel of God. And he, he, they, three different people had asked him, what must we do or what? What can we do? And he said unto them, do violence to a man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. And as the people were in expectation, and in awe, all men mused, or they were troubled in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not. And he answered and said unto them, Oh, I indeed baptize you with water, but neither but one binder than I cometh, whose latches and whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. That's kind of wholeness doctrines. Please turn with me into Acts 2 and I promise you I'll quit. And it says what should we do? What do I need to do? And I thought about us as older Christians need to help direct some of these younger Christians, some of these younger preachers that have stepped out, they will find out they don't know it all. They will find out they need you. We need each other. Over in Acts 2, I'm going to jump back to the 30, 32nd verse, and I promise you I'll quit.
Acts 2 and 32. This Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalteth, and having received of his Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascending into heaven, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstools. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly, I want to let the house of Mount Vernon know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. I want to show you in the Word of God. Shortly, there's going to be some people that's going to realize that they have crucified the Lord. They've crucified the Lord. In Corinthians 11, that's what it's talking about. We're bringing him to an open shame. I am, I have testified over 55 years, I am a child of God. And if I turn my back, I have brought shame on my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Your son and your daughter, some of you know what I'm talking about. Your son or your daughter can bring shame to your name, shame to your house. Let's get this. This thing is serious. Being a Christian, a blood-bought Christian, Ain't a game. Let me read 36 again. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. 37th verse. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Men and brethren, what shall we do? They were pricked in their hearts because they had crucified Christ. And they were pricked in their hearts. Then they said, What, what shall we do? That's what we're preaching. That's the fourth time I've read to you today that it said, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. Neighbor, you can mess up and not repent, and you'll continue to mess up. But if you repent, bless God and get some help from God. That's what I've done. That's how I quit drinking. That's why I'm in church today. I repented. I was sorry for what I'd done. I was made in the image of God. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And he said, And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Neighbor, that, that separates some things. He said, Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost without the indwelling Holy Ghost power of God I can't live right I won't know when I'm in sin I'm glad it speaks to my heart and he said if I repent that I shall receive the gift it's the gift the gift is the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children, and I'll quit right there. But the promise is unto me and to my children. It ain't 
just to you. It ain't just to the rich dude or it ain't just to the Jews, honey. It's to who, whosoever will. It's to me and my children. And I read where the, the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected it. So it's not to them. They rejected it. So if you reject the Holy Ghost knocking on your door today, then you can't receive it. But if you receive it, it's a promise left to you. What a great miracle promise God left to me, the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, I'll go away, but I will leave the Holy Ghost to teach you, to lead you, to guide you. And it's inside of you. What a precious gift. What a precious promise. If you will stand as God speaks to our heart, get us a song, brother.